Dynasty Kings, football by the numbers. Ain't nothing prehistoric about it. It's the fantasy land before time, man. You did. And we talking about them analytics. Yeah, I dig it. You know them digits, we fit it inside of cells. But thinking outside of the box when we did it, outside prevails. We got eight inside of the box, but we finished plenty to tell. So go ahead and plug in a pot and just listen. It's the Dino Scene. Velociraptors, it takes okay. dilapidated no way. Nope. Man, it's a rap, no debate. Hey. Breaking it down with a dynasty yeah. Often reside with a pylons beam yeah. Often we talking about dynasty yeah. Rocking with me at the times you'll see yeah. Out of the pocket online on me Too much subjective is not for me It's not for me I'm rocking with the dynasty yeah. Dynasty Locking the lineup and I don't need Filming the fables cause finally I got all the facts no anomaly Yeah Let's get it Y'all reach his T-Rex at best And I don't mean to go flex I'm a dinosaurus to death Yeah Look if you dino you know Welcome to the Dynasty Kings Fantasy Football Podcast. Jake and Mike, let's ride. All right. Welcome to another episode of Dynasty Kings. This is our NFL edition, not the college edition tonight. We are going to be discussing how our rookies are currently doing in the NFL. Uh, before we do so, I got a little fun game I want to play, Mike. Quick question. Uh, First off, how are you? I'm all right. I'm all right. Long day at work. I'm not going to lie. So I'm really tired, but. That's all right. We'll push through. We're used to this. Just another right. grind. Um, all right. Quick question. Mike, you've played sports most of your life, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you're right-handed, correct? I am. I okay. Am. So Tom Brady, NFL quarterback, absolute stud. Pretend he's not. Uh, pretend in this situation, you're in a field. And you've got a target 40 yards down the field. You don't need to know the playbook. You don't need to know schemes. You've just got to hit this guy who's standing 40 yards away. You get your right arm. Tom Brady's using his left. Who's making the better throw? Tom Brady. What? What? That is absurd. Why do? You, why does everyone assume that an NFL athlete can just throw the ball with both hands? That's absurd. I uh, I didn't play a lot of catch with my dad growing up. I learned okay. how to throw a football <laughs> at uh, at Miles's bachelor party. I think yeah. about like maybe two hours before you showed up was when they taught me how to throw a football. Okay, all right. So maybe not <laughs> the best example. Um, all right, I'll give you that. <laughs> I did not expect that to go that way. Um, anyways, I was having this discussion with with some Twitter buddies, and they're all under the same assumption. But a lot of them are athletes who have played baseball their whole life, and I'm like, there's absolutely no way that Tom Brady's throwing a left-handed football better than I can with my right. There's just no way. Um, anyways, it's just a hypothetical. It's obviously never going to happen. But I just I think that that's baffling and thought it was interesting. So, all right, let's let's jump in though. <laughs> I thought that was a fun little icebreaker. What do we got first, Mike? Um, yeah, we're we're here to talk about uh, like rebuilding your dynasty. So this is going to be a, a dynasty focused episode. Not much redraft, but we're going to talk about well, first off, how to identify that you need to rebuild your team, and then two, how, how, how to rebuild your team. So just to start off with how to identify if you need to rebuild your team, if you're 0-5 and your roster's on the older side, it needs to rebuild. So I, yeah. I don't necessarily oh, agree with that, but let me tell you okay. So I don't think, I don't think um, your record's the most indif- indicative thing of your team's talent, right? So... I'm in a league where I'm two and three and I have the most points in the league. It's like, that's insane. And I know I've talked about it. I think I brought it up on here about playing against the media. And I think it's always a good idea. Um, but I don't want to get into the weeds of that. Um, but I don't, I don't think that your, your record is necessarily a good indication, but yeah, if you're 0 and five and you're not going to make the playoffs and your team's not scoring well, then yeah, it might be time to intentionally tank. It's just so weird, though, because, you know, I'm doing that in our league, and I hate it. I absolutely hate it. I don't think I will ever intentionally tank again. I really don't. That's because we're competitors, bro. Yeah, but here's the thing. So, like, even though I'm tanking, it's not guaranteed to work. Whereas there's players in the league that I know I could trade for with that draft capital that I know are going to be good. So it's difficult. I'm going to continue it. I'm going to keep playing it out but but like for example like i'll just tell you my team so it's a standard uh we got 10 10 people in the league 10 people 10 10 team league and 
I'm set up for the future as far as draft picks go. Like, I mean, I'm absolutely set up. So I went and decided that I wanted to stack my receiver class young so that I could build for the future, get those young running backs in 2023. So my strategy was I wanted to take a gamble on all the young players. So if you look at my team, uh, it's a team full of young upside players. Like I've got KJ Osborne, Tommy Tremble, um, Trey Sermon's on there, Rashad Bateman, Terrace Marshall. I mean, like literally you name it, there's no old players outside of Leonard Fournette. So that was AJ kind Brown of my strategy, too. huh? You got AJ Brown too. Yeah, AJ Brown's young. So AJ Brown, Chase Claypool, uh, Lavisca Chenault, Corey Davis. I think is 26. So he's one of my older players. But, but that was the idea. So my receivers have the longest shelf life. They they're going to be around a while. So I want to build around them. So I went young there. Lavisca's not doing as well as I was hoping. Um, we'll see how that pans out with Shark. But the point is this. So it's it's if you're if you're doing a rebuild, it's a good idea to to build that wide receiver core uh, young and then get future draft capital for the running backs because running backs aren't going to last forever. So that's your best bet in my opinion. Um, it's just difficult to know when I'm going to go ahead and see it through because I've already started. I've got five 23 first round picks, but uh, if so, say I don't draft well or my models don't pan out, I'm going to be in trouble. So it could be a lot. Can I pause you there? Yeah, go ahead. Can you tell us how you got those five 2023 draft picks? Like explain the process. Yeah. So I don't I, I do so many dang trades that I couldn't tell you exactly each one. But a lot of my strategy is I'm looking at these teams that are contenders and I'm offering them players that I think can help them be competitive, right? So I know that I traded Miles Sanders in the middle of our draft. This guy didn't know who he wanted. Uh was it six? Oh, let, let, let me talk about this. Yeah. He came into the draft on the eighth pick. It was eighth or ninth, I think. He came in and he's just like, oh, man, I only looked up seven players. And he's the eighth pick. <laughs> so, so, yeah. And then I see that as an opportunity because I'm like, well, I have Miles Sanders. And Miles Sanders, in my opinion, he's always hurt. So I'm like, let's just get rid of him. Let's take this first round, 23. So I offered it right down the spot. He took it. And it worked. I know another player, I think Eckler, I traded for a 23 first. Um I don't know that, that was the best trade. He's having a great year, but it it depends on who I get uh, later. So I got you. I pulled, I pulled you up here. I got you on our records. Uh, you traded D Hop for like Cup and a first, and plus another no, two first. round picks. Two Cup and two first, and then I flipped Cup for another first. No, yeah, no. You okay? You traded DeAndre for Cup and a first, and a bunch of middle round picks, and then I you immediately flipped Cup. Then you flipped Cup for a first and a third. I got three. I got three I'm, first. I'm looking at it right now. I'm looking There's at no it. I'll tell, you, I'll tell you the exact trade. You traded Jake Sens, DeAndre Hopkins to Nick, who sent Cooper Cup 2021 210, 2139, and a 22 second and a 23 first. And yeah, that's, then that's two first. And then I flipped Cup for a first. It's three. One first. One first in there. 2023 20, first. And you said 22 first. 22 second. And then six days later, you sent Cup away for another 23 first. I'm almost third. paused those three first, but we can we can ride with that. Okay, all right. But, yeah, so, I mean, it's just a lot of trading. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, he's 28, right, 29. And so, okay. and I like him. He's a stud. But, I mean, the draft capital made it worth it, in my opinion. I got Cup, who's another stud who I plan on flipping just because he's older, and that worked out. So, yeah, it's just – We'll see how it pans out, really. Uh, I, I put um, a lot of faith in the 23 class. That's that's the class that I call the Saquon Barkley's. Uh, who, who, which, here, run us down on the running backs in 23. Uh, one's kind of falling off lately, but as a community, we had a discussion about it. We always think it's the coaching's fault. But uh, you got um, Tank Bigsby and B, is it Bijan? Yeah, Bijan. Tank Bigsby and Bijan Robinson are the top two running backs. I thought Bijan's going to be really good. He'll probably be your 101. Um, Jamar Gibbs was the third powerhouse in that group, but he's like averaging 3.8 yards per carry with a really bad team. And um, But he was electric last year, and people really think it's just the team's fault. And then receivers, Kayshawn Boutte just got injured against the Kentucky. Um, we don't know what type of injury it is. It looked like Achilles, but now they're saying lower legs, so they're not really saying – the heel so so it, it sounds like it wasn't a killer that's a good sign um and then the other receivers are kind of like i mean they're good but as far as like elite level like 
it's those four guys really top heavy. Right. So I, I knew it was supposed to be a fat running back class. So that that was my that was my uh, logic and premise with pushing forward the rebuild. I wanted to push for twenty three, and my I thought my receivers were young enough to do. It. I got Jalen Hurts, and then I have uh, Dalton Schultz too. So it just it makes sense. It's just a matter of whether it can whether it executes. So uh, I mean, time will tell. But I don't like rebuilding. I really don't. I mean, fortunately, I'm in so many leagues now that. I don't have to like, like, I'm not like panicking trying to trade just because I'm bored, but I'm sticking with the strategy and just letting time take its course. So what yeah. about you? When do you believe is the right time to rebuild and, and how do you make that approach? Um, it kind of depends on age and talent for me. Uh, if, if I like Adam Thielen and I'm 0-5, I'm going to try to flip Adam Thielen. Like he's going to have a good year, yeah, but is he going to have a good year like two years from now? Like, probably not. So I, I, look, I look at age. I want to flip my older guys for younger guys. Um, I have a current team right now in a rebuild. Um, and I sent Stefan Diggs away for DK Metcalf, and the guy needed a um, a handcuff. So I, I included the handcuff was like the the tipping point for him to take in the trade. Um, so I'm always looking to flip like peak value and stuff like that. Uh, I sent away Joe Mixon. Um, this is like two years ago, two seasons, two seasons ago. I sent away Joe Mixon. I, I really don't like Joe Mixon. He's always hurt. He doesn't show up during the playoffs. I, I think this is gonna be the last offseason you hear him hype. You hear people hype him up, but um, I sent him away for the 101 overall, which I spent on Clyde, and then I flipped Clyde for DeAndre Swift, like straight up in the season. Nice. So it worked out in the end, but that was almost a pretty bad move. So yeah, so I, I look to flip the injury prones and the older guys, and I look that, for. Go ahead. No, I now look for the younger talent. You know, maybe they'd be in a bad situation. If you believe it gets better over time, uh, for example, Jay Judy, last year he had Drew Locke throwing to him. Like that sucks, but I still believe in the talent, and I know that team's going to get a quarterback at some point in time. And Jay Judy's early career, you know, I don't have to wait that long. I know I'm going to wait one or two years, and and that's yeah. So so I, I, I go for talent and youth at that point. I like the explanation with injuries because I've actually started to approach that similarly as well. Um, I think this is what our third year doing dynasty. And and when you have teams like like Miles or you have players like Miles Sanders or Joe Mixon, I think I had both of them on a dynasty team last year, and it was terrible because they're so talented, and you have this just upside that just doesn't come to fruition because they can't stay on the field. So that that's just another approach that I also like. So like, Saquon's a sell for me now. Like I love Saquon and the talent's elite, but if I can flip him for another top five back. I'm going to do it because I don't have that injury risk. You know, I take JT over him now. Um, maybe even Swift, just obviously PPR, but um, yeah, that's, that's how I approach that. I'm taking probably Aaron Jones. No, I don't know about that. that's tough because of his age, but right. But the point and, and is, you got to take your shot on some guys too. I, I like to look at long-term stuff. So like Jake's a big clay chase Claypool guy. I like the talent. I just really hate the situation. I care about that too. I don't know who his quarterback is next year. I don't think he's going to be great this year. So his future is like up in the air for me. I guess um, I approach that similarly as you do Jerry Judy. I'm assuming that they're going to get the quarterback situation right. And I know Juju's, yeah, I, Juju was going to be – it was his last year. So Right. I and I believe in that coaching staff too, so I think they can make it happen. But my only concern is that this class doesn't really like have a good like – this quarterback class sucks so far. Yeah. It just does. Um, which we're talking about Friday, but anyway. Uh and so I, I don't know, like that's really up in the air for me. But like you, you, you got to call your shots. Um, like right now, I'm in the dynasty draft right now for CDC. Actually, um, we're like almost hitting the ninth round, and Allen Robinson's still on the board. That's wild. Like, like do I draft him and hope that he goes to a better team next year? Like this past season, the same league that me and Jake are in, I took the flyer and I definitely overspent to get Will Fuller because he's a proven one going to a new system. Now I, I was hoping he was going to go to Green Bay because the whole all season or during the season, there was hype about him being traded to Green Bray, and then there was a whole Aaron Rodgers drama, and I was like, just pay for Will Fuller to go there, and Aaron Rodgers would be a little happier about it. I mean, I lost that bet because he went to Tua, and he's just always hurt, which, you know, I just talked about how I don't want injury-prone players, or I'll flip them for value if I can, uh, which I keep offering Jake trades that involve Will Fuller. <laughs> well, here's the thing, man. Like, I like Will I, – I liked Will Fuller. Um, I still like him. He's just in a terrible situation now. And um, it goes back to just like 
I, I just, you know, like when we look at the talent, the talent's there. He's an, he's an elite guy, but he's just – now he's got Jalen Waddles gar, uh, gobbling up the targets. Two is hurt. It's just like those are situations you have to think about. But, again, you know, it's, it's dynasty. So I'm probably – I mean, at this point – I don't really want Will Fuller. If you had talked to me two weeks ago, I was, you know, I was interested in a trade we discussed, but it's like right. you just have to be able to adapt, and and that's that's important. I think a lot of people get stuck in take lock, especially a lot of fantasy analysts, um, and, and we'll actually touch on that a little bit later, as you will see me pivot on a couple of players. But um, I think that's important. Yeah, I well, I mean, Will Fuller is a hold right now because he's on a one-year contract, so I'm I'm rolling the dice again that he lands somewhere with a nice quarterback. And that's where I'm going to be at. So, um, trying to think about other like, yeah, I I also, also want to talk about like, draft class. Oh, I do, I do, yeah. Just making sure. Okay, I'll address some of the comments soon. But um, or they getting at the draft classes too. You want to load up on those picks just for draft classes. We kind of alluded to it, but I just want to hammer that down. Like Jake has a lot of 2023 picks. It's it's a highly toted class right now. Um, this last class like. I, now, now that we're five weeks in, well, actually, I'm gonna hold off on that. Uh, but just, just look at the draft classes coming up. See what the experts are saying. We're not the experts, the amateurs that we are on Twitter. See what they're saying, and just you know, try to load up on those draft picks. I, I sold the farm for 2022 picks. I stand by it. Um, I'm a little upset now though, because my team's not doing so high. But, but when I look at the trades, like they all make sense. All of them make sense across the board. Yep, so, hindsight's uh, always 2020. But I, I. You'll hear me say, like, you can't be wrong if with the information you presented at the time, you made a logical decision. So, like, we're going to touch on some players later that at the time made total sense to be faded. It made it, You can't necessarily be wrong for that because with the information that was in front of you, you made a smart decision. Same with Will Fuller. I don't think you made a bad decision there. It didn't pan out, but it doesn't mean it was a bad decision at the time. All right. Well, you know, he hasn't played with Tui yet, so there's, there's a chance. Yeah. There's a chance. Yeah, but it's slim. Um, Tyreek's over here writing novels, bro. He's writing some the next series of Lord of the Rings in the comments section. I'm going to just put this up here. So our friend Tyreek has says, oh, uh, it's, for it's me, it's Tarek, comes... by the way. Tarek. Tarek? Okay, yeah, Tarek. I'm sorry. Tarek. I apologize. Tarek. Okay. Uh, for me, it just comes down to your standing point in depth. Until you have both, you're not ready to compete. Either your players provide value, young players continue to grow, or they provide points. Depth is nice, but I don't think it's it's not intrinsic. If you can get through bye weeks and you're still still getting through, I think you're good. It's obviously nice, but I'm the type of guy that I will trade depth for elite players all the time. I'll, I'll package like two good players and a solid depth player for one elite asset. And I think that's worked for me really well, but if injuries happen and they do, you might be in trouble. But here's the way I see it. It's easier to replace like a wide receiver two than it is a wide receiver one. So if you trade away a wide receiver two, you can probably go find a way to acquire a wide receiver three, which isn't that big of a downgrade. Uh, yeah, maybe I, three and four, but you see my point. I think wide receiver twos are almost the almost undervalued like position. You know, like wide receiver one everyone wants one, running backs are hard to find. Uh, and I think everyone pay overpays for RB twos like Miles Sanders, you yep. know, for example, Joe Mixon, those guys. They're always overpaid for Chris Carson. Um, but wide receiver twos, they provide that nice <laughs> like Deontay Johnson. He's not going to be a wide receiver one, but as a wide receiver two, he's scoring you those like those ten to fifteen, maybe even twenty once in a while, every single week. He's never the reason that you lose. And so those wide receiver twos are always they're always undervalued. Um, there's always like nice slot guys. Every single year, there's always like one that like has a great year. Uh, let me see, Beasley last year, uh, Julian Edelman the year before. Renfro's this, doing this, it this year. Who? Renfro. Renfro, yeah, he's doing it this year. I think the year before was Adam Humphreys before he went to the Titans. You know. Yep. Yeah, so there's just always like nice slot guys to provide that nice safe floor, and like you know, you can feel happy yeah. about that. And that, that's a nice high low. That's exactly what I mean, though. Like, you can always re- – those, those guys are easier to replace than, like, wide receiver two or three. So it makes sense to package those for that elite receiver. So you can – it's easier to replace a, a wide receiver three or four, obviously. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, another thing, too, is uh, I'm going to roll into our next section here with this one, sure. Jake. Okay. Um, rookie fever. I, I think that's a really – a real big thing. As everyone looks at rookies as a new shiny toys, we overvalue them. 
Um, and then you have to come down from that fever at some point in time. For me, I come down probably like as soon as the season starts. So I'm going to roll right into the next section here, which is going to be the rookie report. We're just, me and Jay are just going to talk about all the rookies so far. We're five weeks in, so we know that, you know, we're, we're just going to talk about them. I'm, I'm going to talk about the first one, Jamar Chase, right? Um, he was a stud going into the draft, stud coming out. There's a little bit of question preseason. Preseason always creates mixed feelings, but um, he's exactly as advertised, maybe a little better. So I, to me, Jamar Chase moving forward, uh, he, he's a dynasty top 12 wide receiver for me. Um, I saw on Twitter that you're talking about um, him versus AJB. I, I honestly thought about it. I think I'd take Jamar Chase over AJB now. Well, that was also prior to this this week. Okay, so you feel the same way now? I don't know, man. That one's tough for me. I, I definitely, I, I mean, I do expect Jamar Chase. And again, I, I don't, I'll go back. I don't want to talk out of order. But uh, I think touchdown regression is going to hit Jamar Chase. And he's still doing great, right? But he's not going to, yeah. I don't think he's going to sustain that. I'm not the type of player where I'm like, oh, yeah, well, this guy can't be elite because he can't score that many touchdowns. Some dudes just score touchdowns, right? And I do believe that. But also, I don't think that five games is a great sample to say this guy is going to score a touchdown every game, right? So I do expect that to fade. Um, I think the A.J. Brown fading is just kind of ridiculous, but uh, we're focused on the rookies, so I'm not going to get into that. Right, got you. Yeah, so I, I, yeah, I, it's, <laughs> I'm thinking about A.J. Brown, too, now. I'm like, there's no explanation for this guy's like, production right now. No, um, there is. So, like, I'll keep it quick. Week two, he had two drops, probably another 50 yards, a touchdown. Like, he was wide open. So, if he hits those, I mean, we're talking about another 20-point game. He's only played three games. He had a decent week this week. It's just no reason to fade him over three games. Like, that's that's silly. We've got two years track record of an elite receiver. He's still elite. Tannehill's getting pressured. I mean, he's got they've given up 22 sacks, I think. That's not good. So, I mean, I expect that to change. Three games is not a lot. Yeah, and uh, just also going to the situation, too, I was talking about earlier. You can pencil in Jamar Chase for being good because he's stuck with his college quarterback the next four years, maybe five. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I right. love so, Jamar Chase. So you can feel good about owning Jamar Chase the next four or five years and just not worry about it. That's interesting. Oh. Um, I actually, I think I offered, I can't remember, maybe it was Chase Claypool and Rondell Moore. I wanted to see if you would do that for Jamar Chase, and dude said no. And that's a 32-man league, so, like, those – I mean that that's that's a lot of value, but yeah, that's pretty big. I was in a debate with one of our lead mates about trading DK for Chase, and like now, like I still don't know if I would do that. Um, we we're just talking about it, so we really want to be serious about. It. But I don't know if Russell Wilson sticks around. Who, who's who's DK Metcalf's quarterback of the future? I know Jamar Chase's quarterback of the future. Yeah, well, like, heard. So. yeah, yeah. All right, this let's go on to the next guy. Yeah, um, you wanna you wanna start with anything? What'd you say? You want to start off with start us off with a rookie, another rookie. You want to pick one? Sure. Yeah. Let's talk about Kadarius Tony. Uh, that is a guy that I blatantly <laughs> disrespected all off season. Uh, he was a first round pick, and it seemed pretty stupid based on um, metrics that we have that have correlation to NFL success. He didn't score well, right? The only thing he scored well in was draft capital, and he looked good at um, Florida. He had nine hundred something yards and. Uh, 11 games so he was averaging I don't know what that is probably 80 something yards a game and that's not great for a college receiver for college receivers to come into the NFL and dominate or look the way that they that Kadarius Tony did they're usually elite receivers who are just absolutely dominating right and that's that's like a real thing so the fact that Kadarius Tony looks the way he does uh, after two two is it two starts, I don't know what his snap count is, but the last two games, I know he's played a lot more. He had 189 yards on 10 targets. I watched his route running; it was absolutely filthy. He is making cornerbacks in the NFL look like high school cornerbacks. I mean, it's it's ridiculous. Um, he he made me a believer 100%. The dude looked filthy. Like he his ability to separate and he was in and out of routes making cuts so fluid that it looked like he's moving at the same speed after changing direction instantly. It was baffling. It really was. And um, I'll be the first to admit when I'm wrong, Kadarius Tony, I was absolutely wrong on. I think the only receivers right now that I'm taking over Kadarius Tony would be Jamar Chase without a doubt and Rashad Bateman. 
Then I'm on the fence between Rondell Moore and um, Tony, just because Rondell Moore is tied to a better quarterback. So that's the only thing that – but besides that, he looks really freaking good. Um, I think – and I'm, I'm definitely confidently say I was wrong on that one. Uh, what are your thoughts, Mike? Yeah, I, I agree that he definitely looks better than I thought he would. I, I'll take it with a grain of salt because there was nobody left on the field. Like, Saquon's out, uh, Sterling Shepard's out, Darius Slayton's out, Kenny Gotti's out. Like, who else is there to throw to? Like, Evan Ingram? Like, come on. Sure, but, but I mean, just because you're getting yeah. thrown to doesn't mean you're going to be elite. And that's not just 10, that's not just 10 catches and, like, 60 yards. That's 189 yards. Like, he's making big plays, shaking people after the catch. He, I mean, he looked filthy. He really did. Oh, yeah, no, in the open field, like, that's, that was his thing in college. Like, in the yeah. open field, he was an absolute dog. Um, he he wasn't even open was the crazy part, dude. He would, like, make cuts with three people around and, like, the Lamar Jackson, like, so quick that players are just going the wrong direction. It was – I was truly baffled. I really was. Yeah, he definitely has the athletic traits to definitely be elite. And I, I agree. I actually am more in on him, mostly because – well, I know Kenny Gallagher's got a four-year contract, but I don't think he's sticking around. He's already not the one. And then um, I just think as far as the Giants' offensive future goes, it's Saquon and Kendarius Tony. I don't think yeah. – so Shepard's part of the future, Darius Lane's not part of the future, and Kenny Gallagher's not part of the future. Yeah. At least not until they can get out of that contract. 100% agree. I just, I, okay, so let me ask you this, though. So Rashad Bateman or Kendarius Tony? Dynasty. Kendarius Tony. Really? Okay. I'm not. We'll, we'll roll right into Rashad Bateman right now. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. You're not a Rashad fan. That's okay. Um, I like Rashad as a talent. I just like Hollywood Brown right now and what he's doing. So like, my problem with Rashad is he's injured. Haven't seen him. So like, that's fine. But Hollywood Brown to me has like a stab himself as the one, and I just don't think Rashad comes in and takes that over. I think it can be a one A one B situation. Yeah. And I look at the numbers, but I, I know the first like four weeks that Lamar Jackson was throwing an average of five more passes a game, which is nice. Like, that's definitely makes you feel better if you own one of those receivers in your league. Um, but, again, I don't think there's enough to go around. And at this point, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of in on the Hollywood Brown train at this point. Gotcha. All right, so Rondell Moore or Kajiris Tony? Dynasty. Uh, maybe Kadarius. Yeah, that's a tough one. That was, that was the one I – I'm having the most trouble with. So so I'm only taking two top three rookie receivers right now over him. That's baffling to me. If you if you would have said to me that you would give me Terrace Marshall for Kadarius Tony or offered Kadarius Tony to me for Terrace Marshall, I would have felt so disrespected a month ago. And now I'm like, yeah, turns out Kadarius Tony looks like the truth. Yeah, he's making me question um my process i i'm a big fan of uh of um separators in college like that's that's i'm a big fan of those but now, like now i'm like thinking like maybe they just need to be athletic with some speed because coaches can scheme like slants you know like michael thomas did his whole big year he just ran slants like i mean that's not that hard to pull off so, yeah i guess to i guess what i would say to that is just because you found an anomaly doesn't mean you're your, your process doesn't work. I mean, how are you supposed to know that a coach, in my opinion, if you're only having 900 yards as your senior year, you're underutilized. If, if I just saw what I saw in the NFL, you were underutilized in Florida. They did not scheme for you properly. They should have been getting you the ball more. I don't care if Kyle Pitts is there or not. Kyle Pitts and Kadarius Tony should have been probably 60% target share total, 30% each in my opinion, right? And that wasn't the case. So we, we had the data and we had the information. And at the time we made those decisions, I think they were – I still think they were smart decisions. Yeah. It is what it is. I mean, the data was there. It told us otherwise. And turns out I really believe that that was a Florida scheming problem, not a not a dust problem, unless there's just – unless we just need to get on the field and scout players. But Yeah, no, I, I'm like – I, I, for the rest of the year, like out of the rookie wide receivers, where do you think he ranks? Like Jamal oh, Chase top oh, right – yeah, Do you mean redraft or dynasty? Just for the year, so just redraft. Oh, for everybody a rookie. Just the rookies, just the rookies. That's what I'm saying. I got for this year, four, dude. Like, yeah, I think so too. I think maybe Devontae Smith in front of him, and that's about it. Yeah, I don't think. I think I'm still taking. I think I want Tony over Devontae. Like, okay. Well, let's talk about Devontae Smith then. Sure. Uh, the Eagles. Okay. 
um heisman winner i don't really like think he's doing that well jalen Hurts is like putting up yards so like when i look at his like numbers on paper i'm like oh he looks good but then like i watch his gameplay and i'm like i don't know anymore <laughs> dude i don't know anymore about jalen Hurts. like sometimes he makes you feel like he belongs in the league and sometimes he doesn't I, I don't know where i sit on him right now and because of that i don't know where i sit on Devonte smith <coughs> Yeah, I, I like Devontae. Um, I, I I would say that he's been pretty much what I thought he would be. He's not – I don't think he's an elite receiver, but I think he's adequate. I think he's done a good job. I think Jalen's solid. I'm not worried about Jalen. Um, I mean, if you go look at his numbers compared to guys who are very successful in the NFL, he's doing great in his first eight, nine starts. Um, so I, I, I think a lot of people forget he's only in year two, and last year he didn't get an offseason like – he only played four games last year, so he's basically a rookie right now. And Wait, who, who, who? Jalen Hurts. Oh, sorry. Yeah, go on. Go on. I, I'm just, I'm just saying that I think he's, he's solid. But um, yeah, I, I like Devontae. Okay, he doesn't, he doesn't get me too excited, and it's not a player that I'm like, oh man, like we gotta fade him. He just, I think he's just pretty much exactly what we thought he is. I feel like his ceiling is kind of capped, though. I've always thought that. But now I feel like it's confirmed with uh, Jalen Hurts. He's putting up good numbers, though. I mean, he's a back-end wide receiver three. I just I, – I can't look at him and be like, yeah, he's a solid wide receiver two anytime in his career without better yeah. quarterback. But I, I don't really see that. I wouldn't disagree there. Okay. All right. Uh, you want to move on to um, – you want to get some running backs in? You want to talk about Najee Let's Harris? Let's touch on Rashad. You got to talk about him, but I didn't get to talk about him. Okay. All right. All right. All right. So we talked um, at the beginning of the season, and I said that I was a big fan of Bateman because I believe that coaches scheme for the players that they have, right? Okay. And whenever you go acquire Rashad Bateman and acquire Sammy Watkins and draft Tylen Wallace, you're going to pass more. We just saw Lamar Jackson sling the ball for 450 yards with 85% accuracy. That was the best game I've ever seen him play as That's it, That was Hands insane. Down. And I, obviously, I don't expect that week to week, but it kind of, I mean, it affirms what, what I expected. I thought they were going to throw the ball more this year. Um, I, I, I really think Rashad's going to be the dude. Um, he was a first-round pick because they didn't have that faith. And Brown does look good, but I think – they spent that capital because they didn't have that faith in Marquise. Um, I think Marquise is going to be, I think it might be like a Corey Davis, AJB where Rashad Bateman, when he's there, he makes Marquise Brown better because he's drawing that second corner now. And I don't know if that's been the case okay. with Sammy Hawkins, but, um, but I, th I think they're both going to have a solid year, which pains me to say, because I do not like Marquise Brown, but Lamar Jackson slinging the ball this year. And, I mean, they got Latavius Murray, Tyson Williams, and who's the Le'Veon and Devontae, Devontae uh, Freeman. Like, that is not a good backfield. They're going to be throwing more. I like Rashad a lot. I still think he's going to be solid. Still trying to trade for him. I tried to trade Rondell Moore for him. He got shot down. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. I'm, I'm going to talk about Najee Harris now. Yeah, I'm going. Um, he's doing pretty well this year. I can't pull up his numbers, but uh, – I think he looks great. Um, it's weird because he's definitely a volume guy. Those 19 targets last week, he looked good this week. Um, 19 targets or touches? He got 19 targets like week, yeah, week he, three. Yeah, he's week a target three. monster. It's been insane. It's because Big Ben's noodle arm. He just he waits 0.25 seconds and takes the safe route close by. He's, oh, here, take it. Figure it out. You know, yep. <laughs> like that stuff. That's what he does. But I, and that's like I feel for redraft, I feel great about owning Najee. He, Probably an RB one for redraft the whole yeah. year. I guess he will be the whole time with the Steelers. I mean, because I don't feel like they're a good team right now, so I feel like they're going to really get better. Yep. So, where do you have him dynasty? So, how would you rank him as a dynasty running back? Okay, interesting. I'm gonna flip this question side. How about you rank them inside um, last year's stack class? So, with like Clyde, JT, DeAndre Swift. Uh, I would still have JT and DeAndre Swift above him. Knowing what we know now, like going, you want me to rank them, yeah. including those guys going into next year. Right. Yeah. Okay. Um, JT, I think I'd take him above Gibson. I'd take him above Gibson. Yeah. So it'd be JT one for me, then okay. um, DeAndre Swift, then I'm taking Najee, 
Then I'm taking Gibson. Then James Robinson. James James Robinson. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Damn, that's wild. Because I forget him when I'm talking about year two running backs. No one posts him about it. PFFs like rank these 2022 running backs, and they don't like put in like James yeah, Robinson. He they just keep disrespecting his name in that class. Um. So I'm not putting him there just because ETN's still there, dude. Like ETN's not going anywhere. Um, I mean, you don't draft a first round pick not to play him, right? You, do you expect ETN to not play? You don't think that affects uh, James? I don't think Urban's out, and your whole argument about oh well, that coaching staff didn't draft him, so James Robinson's back in, baby. You, dude, come on. Now. I think James. All right, I'll give you that James Robinson's good, right? He just ran all over my Titans. Titans have good run defense. He ran all over. Them. I watched him. Yeah. I watched him closely because I wanted to see him. Like, all right, you know, is this guy the truth? And I got a full game sample. He looked good. You know, right. I got no problem admitting that. But for dynasty, I, I can't put him above. I can't put him above Dobbins. Do you want to guess what round I just took him in in this draft I'm in right now? Uh, I took him in the draft. Is this dynasty or redraft? It's dynasty. It's dynasty. Uh, third. No, I think I took him in the fifth or sixth. Okay, that I, I was about to say that's that's more reasonable. Um, so yeah, Najee would be number three though. I'd have okay. JT and um, Swift ahead, assuming it's PPR. Yeah, he's up there for me too. So I, yeah, I feel good about Najee the rest of the year. Javante Williams for the uh, for this year for this year rookie report so far, he looks great. I mean, his yards per carry is insane. I whenever Melvin Gordon moves on, which like at the latest will be the end of this year, um, Javante and he's gonna. Probably be on the RB one bubble, and I would really yep. like to pay for him now if I can. I mean, I can. Yep. I, I, mean, I, can. I actually traded uh, Mari Cooper for him a couple weeks ago. Nice. Yeah, I like that. and I like I like Amari a lot, but I love Javante. I'm mean, honestly, I'm putting Javante right after Najee in that situation we just just described. Okay. I'm only taking JT and Swift, and then Najee, and then after that it would be Javante. I love Javante. I thought he was good. He looks really good. His like yak is something stupid. Like he is looking really good for a rookie, but he's not getting the talk because Melvin Gordon's still there. Right. They're splitting about 50-50. So yeah, if you could acquire Javante for something cheap, I mean like, okay, would you trade um Clay? Wait, wait, I got Javante? wait, hold up, I got you. You're in a rebuild. What are you trading for Javante? Because he's young. Yeah, that, that's exactly where I was going. I wonder like, would you this. would you Saquon for Javante plus? Absolutely. Right? Yeah. Do you think someone would do that? Like I offer Saquon for because Javante is not really killing it as a starter right now. If that person's like a contender and you're offering Saquon plus, ask for a first to see where you go Dude, from there. I guess. Now you got me thinking. I'm gonna try and trade Swift for him somehow. I might actually try and swindle that. Uh, hope, hopefully nobody from a 32-man league is watching. Um, but, yeah. Um, I, I mean, I just gave you an example. I would trade Amari. Would you trade Chase Claypool for him? Absolutely. Because his, his future for me is up in the air. I, I like the talent that Claypool has. I just I don't know about the quarterback. I don't know about that old line I don't know about that offensive coordinator. There's a lot of factors that I'm not a fan of. Um, Julio Jones. Oh, absolutely. Yep, Julio Jones old. He's old. Uh, Kenny Galladay. Uh, he's Juju. toast. I, toast. I, don't, I wouldn't easy, accept right? those trades, though. Yeah, I wouldn't accept those trades. Yeah, I'm trying to think of who would make it close. I think the wide receiver twos I'm talking about that are undervalued and underappreciated. Deontay like Johnson. Cooper. That's a tough one. That's a tough one. Yeah, I, got see, to I think you're right. The wide receiver twos are about the range because uh, Jerry Judy. If I needed a running back, I, I would probably do Jerry. Yeah, that one's easy for me. I'm taking Javante. I really think Javante is going to be dominant. So, yeah. All right. Tyler Lockett, you trade him away. Who? Okay. Yeah. Let's move on. Tyler uh, I just said that. Yeah. Uh, let's. Uh, I'm trying to think of another one. Terrence Marshall. How are you feeling about him now so far? No one was. So here's the now. thing. I still like Terrence Marshall. Um, I've not given up on him. He's playing a lot of snaps. He's still getting a lot of playing time, but. If you watch Darnold play, he's not getting past his first read. Um, I watched him a couple weeks ago. I watched uh, anytime I bet on a game, it's always the Titans and whatever game I'm betting on. And I bet on the Panthers game, so I watched the whole thing. And or maybe it was like Monday Night Football. I don't remember what it was, but um, it was prime time. I watched the whole game, and Darnold was not looking at Terrace. Terrace was open. Uh, he was just staring at DJ Moore. This is a game DJ Moore got like 16 targets, 
Um, rookies tend to start to excel at the latter end of the, the season, so the second half. So, you know, when week 10 or 11 gets around, if he still hasn't done anything, I probably – in redraft, I'll drop him 100%. I'm not dropping him in Dynasty, but it's it, I'd say the positive is he's getting the play time, he's getting the snaps. Um, the downside is he's not getting a bunch of targets because um, DJ Moore and Christian McCaffrey are getting them all. So, uh, obviously, CMC is injured, but we'll right. see. Right. So, here's my concern. Uh, based on Robbie Anderson long-term – they also got Terrence Marshall long-term. I assume they're going to re-sign DJ Moore long-term. And CMC's going to be there probably the rest of his career. I, I don't know where Terrence Marshall comes in. Agreed. But I don't, I don't think... believe Robbie Anderson. Like, I don't... Yeah, no, I, I get that. And I was kind of confused by that as well. The fact that Terrence Marshall's getting as much playing time as Robbie Anderson, but they just paid Robbie. And it's like, okay, well, what are they doing with DJ Moore? Because DJ Moore is dominant. But, I mean, if you're not giving Terrace Marshall a chance, then you don't really know what you have. So I, I don't think he's DJ Moore, but I do want to see what he can do, and he's just not getting the targets. So um, I'm just holding on him, really. I'm not selling him. I've still tried to buy him. Anybody who's, like, fading him in the Dynasty League, I'm definitely still trying to buy. But I'm not paying a, I'm not paying as much as I would have, you know? I guess I guess I'm wavering. I guess I would be a buy-low target because I'm, I'm talking right now. Like, I'm not – confident because i'm not really i focus the situation i like the talent i'm probably holding unless you like offer me a good trade but yeah it's, he's a hold now he's not a buy or a sell because you just don't know yeah i don't i don't think you what i would be willing to buy for i don't think they're going to sell for so i mean you're probably just holding and that's i mean i'm definitely holding i'm not going to get what i want out of them and yeah. i'm just going to see what happens yeah 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 absolutely Okay, I'm going to uh, Elijah Moore. How about Elijah Moore? He's just an absolute no-show lately. Same thing, man. Like, I like Elijah Moore a lot. He was my wide receiver three, actually. And um, I think that one's more on the quarterback. So, I, I think I, I, I think Terrace Marshall is also attributable for uh, – I think um, – sorry, Donald's attributable to Terrace Marshall's problems, but for different reasons because he doesn't get past his first read. I think Elijah Moore's problem is – um, our buddy back there playing quarterback that I can't think of his name all of a sudden. Zach, Zach Wilson. Thank you, Zach Wilson. Uh, rookie out of BYU. I know who he is, just forgot. So I think that's the problem. I don't know if it's because he sucks or the line play, but he's not getting the targets. I like Elijah Moore. I think he's going to be good. I'm definitely holding again. I'm same situation as Terrace. Um, still trying to acquire if I can. I'm not going to overpay. Definitely not selling, and I'm holding if I own. Yeah, I, me too. I, but like, since I own Elijah Moore in that league, I would sell him for the right price. Like, if someone was a true believer and approached me, I don't know for what. What's the right price? Because I'm in that league with you. I guess a wide receiver, too. <laughs> I would yeah, definitely sell him for a wide receiver, too. Um, Marquise Brown or Elijah Moore? Elijah Moore. I might take a Marquise Brown, bro. I well, that like makes sense. I mean, dude just put up 40 freaking points. So, like, I can looks like they're a real deal. I think I take I take Marquise Brown. I take Marquise Brown. Yeah, you know, I say Elijah just because it's easy, but I'd have to think about that one. That one's tough for me. Yeah, yeah that's tough. Yeah. So, um, all right. Uh, the other more, Rondell Moore. Yeah, I've been very impressed with Rondell Moore. I didn't. I think he, him and Kadarius Tony were similar in the fact that they were great in the open field, and Rondell Moore had elite um, production as a freshman, so that was that looked really good. But he's kind of just faded each year after, so I didn't really expect him to be this good. I've been thoroughly impressed. Um, he's tied to a great offense that's high powered that's going to be throwing the ball a ton uh, with. That said, though, I mean, you're looking at competing with targets with Christian Kirk and um, A.J. Green as well as um, DeAndre Hopkins. So a lot of mouths to feed there, but, I mean, they're giving him the ball uh, for running the ball as well. He had three rushes this past game. And I don't know if you watched the game, but he had an absolutely filthy tiptoe catch on the sideline 30 yards downfield. They actually said it was incomplete. Such a good catch that they reversed it. He actually tiptoed and caught it. It was really impressive because it didn't look like he caught it. But um, yeah, I'm I, very impressed. 
my only concern, and it's not really a concern, again, I just keep my situation down, is that he won't be the one on that team probably ever because the opposite. Like, you'd have to wait four years. Yeah. But um, I'm comfortable calling him the three right now behind A.J. Green. Uh, but and he's, and he's in a high-octane offense, too, so that always makes you feel good. Like, th- that team is always, like, one of the highest team totals every single week so far. Right. I guess so what I, was, I really like is they're finding ways to give him the ball. I mean, three rushes – in addition to being a slot receiver, they're getting screens, little crossover middle. I mean, he looks good, dude. I've been through. Yeah, I mean, that's why I love Curtis Daniel. He's not doing anything on my roster right now. Yeah, same. <laughs> same. I've yeah. got him in a few leagues. I need to, I need to sell him off. I'm tired of the injuries. So, um, let's talk about tight end Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts. Yep. Um, finally has his breakout game. Yep. He finally looks like that mismatch that was advertised. Um, I don't know about you, or maybe I just paid more attention, but I thought they ran a lot more um, uh, play action with Matt Ryan, which is hilarious. I, I don't know. I didn't see the numbers on that, so I couldn't say. But, I mean, Arthur okay. Smith's there. He loves play action. I would not be surprised at all if that's what they did. It was the first game where Matt Ryan looked good, and he was definitely, like, trying to be mobile in the pocket. You know what I'm saying? Like, rolling out right, throwing that ball. Play action is so effective. I don't understand yeah. why every team's not utilizing it. Really, so don't. they use that to buy time, and they're taking shots on pits like downfield. Like he was going to use in like short downfield. Like they're they're being more creative now with their play calling with pits. I mean, you feel really good about him. Like so, finally, he's looking like the tight end that we all thought he was. Yep. If you were interested in uh, Kyle Pitts, you missed your window to buy because you're not going to be able to get him now. Yeah. Well, preseason, I try. I offered Kelsey straight up for Pitts preseason. Oh, did you to who? Not in this league. It was a different league. It was a super flex. Man, the guy said I no. Jumped on that. And I like Kyle Pitts. Yeah. No, I I have Kelsey, and I was wanting Kyle Pitts. Yeah, I'm keeping Kelsey there. <laughs> I tried. Dude. The guy said no. I was like, damn. So, um, yeah, I'm good on Pitts. Uh, we talked about him briefly when we were talking about um rebuilding, but Travis Etienne. Travis, yeah, Travis Etienne, Etienne, sorry. Um, I, I don't know where you stand on him. I, I, nothing's changed in the situation, obviously. He got hurt. He's clearly a buy low, if there's a buy low. So it depends if you believe in him or not. I never believe in pre-draft. Um, I don't know. You, you talk to me about this. All right, yeah, this one's easy for me. So Travis Etienne was my third running back, um, and I believe there was a clear tier cutoff after the top three. Top three – and my eyes were Najee without a doubt. And then I had Javante and ETM pretty close. But when it came to film, I was much higher in Javante. So he gave they gave me a pretty big edge. They scored analytically similarly similarly, but um film for Javante was just so much better than ETN in my opinion. Excuse me. Um so uh, I hate I hate buying a player that's injured for his whole rookie year. I mean, I think being healthy and stepping into the system and learning it. I don't I don't think you can recreate that. Now he's going to be trying to learn the system and the speed of the game while coming back from injury, not at his best. So that's that's a concern to me, you know. He doesn't even, like, he, like for running backs, you see, like, Jonathan Taylor had that running curve, that learning curve last year where it took him, like, nine games to figure it out before things start to slow down. And I think that's a real thing, especially for running backs, to try and, like, see those holes and understand where the gap's going to be. So I'm concerned for ETN. I I think he's going to play. I don't know that he's going to be as good as Javante or ETN, or not ETN, sorry, Najee. So I'm not buying him. Um, I'd probably sell him at the right price. If I could get a first out of him, I'd sell him. Uh, yeah, I um, I, it depends about the injury for me here. Like, like really, like speaking, is that um. If he misses his OTAs and then he, let's say he misses preseason, so like he comes back like let's say the last week of preseason, he's not touching that field anytime soon. And it just lets James Robinson solidify the role obviously over OTAs, but actually getting game time play that if he goes he has a good game like week one when Travis Etienne is like just coming back, I just think that relegates Etienne to a backup role for the whole year again. And and the yeah. So I, I'm also out on ETN. If you want to take your shot on him and like throw out like a second, I think I somebody. Say I'm, out. I'm not saying that, but it's not a. 
he's not a guy that I'm super excited about. I think if I could get him for the right price, I would. But so I would buy him for a second, but I'm 100% selling if somebody offers me a first and I have him. I don't have him in any leagues, and I'm in 13 leagues, so I should tell you how I feel. Okay, so let's let's say he went between picks like 1.3 and 1.5 in single cure, single quarterback leagues. I are you taking a second form, like a small discount? Are you taking a second form? No. Would you try to flip them for like a super long term future first, like a Absolutely. 2024 first? Yeah, if I can get any first, I'm taking it. Okay, I like that too. I can agree. Um, let's talk about these back end wide receivers uh, on this list. So Amon Ross and Brown. Um, I, I I like him so far. He got eight targets last two weeks. Um, last week eight for. No, I'm sorry, seven for sixty-five, and then he went six for eighty, something like that. Um, he scored ten fantasy points and half PPR two weeks in a row. It, it looks like defenses are shutting down T.J. Hawkinson. Uh, and now Goff is pivoting to targeting Amon Ross St. Brown as his primary pass catcher. And Quintus Cephas just went down. So it's um, similar to Kadarius' situation, not as good, where he's just the last man standing. And I think he looks good so far. Yeah, I don't think – I haven't watched a ton of Amon Brown, but I do know his, his stats and stuff. I've been following all that. His numbers are decent. Like, it's not anything overly impressive, but for a rookie, it's solid. So, I mean, I'm curious to see if that um, continues to increase as the season goes on and maybe he's starting to understand the game and starting to slow down a little bit for him. So I'm curious. I'll probably be just waiting to see how that one pans out. I think, again, if I get a first, I'm taking I'm not selling him for a second right now. Absolutely. Yeah. Nope. Yeah, I, I, I'm a big Amon Ross fan. He's still a fourth-round rookie. He's a fourth-round rookie that's doing pretty well. Um but nothing's stopping Detroit from drafting a true alpha next year, for example. Yeah, agreed. So, and Jared Goff is not the best quarterback. He, he gets it done, sure. But, like, yeah, he's not somebody that I want to have his top, his number two receiver for. Sure. So, I, I am looking to sell on the rock. I have him. This, this production is encouraging. I'm fine holding him. Like, I'm fine. Because I only spent, I spent a 2.5 on a single quarterback leave. So I'm cool with like that wasn't a high price I paid. Um, if someone offers me like something that's like like a clear early second, like, a, like it, it's very clear to me early second, I think I'd take that. But a mid second, I wouldn't. I would not. Gotcha. Yeah. Hmm. So, right. That's where I'm at. So two people cashing in, huh? <laughs> cashing in for a, a slight a slight bump in stock. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at as well. Um, all right, here's one I want to bring up, and I'll let you speak first, which is which is rare on this one. Okay. Elijah Mitchell and Trey Sermon, how are you feeling about um, – I know you're not a fan of Trey Sermon, so how are you feeling about Elijah Mitchell value-wise? Uh, I'd be selling. I'd be selling. I really did. Um, they just rotate running backs back there. Elijah Mitchell might be the guy this year, but he might not be the guy next year. Um. They definitely favor speed. Jeff Wilson's coming back. I would be scared of that. Jeff Wilson's always been used on the goal line. Even last year, he was used as a goal line back. So, Eliza Mitchell could just become a really nice, like, uh, Devin Singletary, where he's just used between the 20s, and that's it. Um, so, I think he's the back, at least for this next week. And then Jeff Wilson really scares me. So, if I own Eliza Mitchell, which you probably only, like, pay, like, a fourth round for, you probably draft him in the fourth round, maybe, maybe third if you're really, like, that into him. But you can easily flip them for a second or or better. Hmm. Yeah, so um, I've been a huge advocate for Trey Sermon. I thought actually that whenever Trey Lance came in, that that would be the offense that Trey Sermon would excel in because of spread offense. That's what um, Trey Sermon ran the best in. I was wrong, though. I mean, Elijah Mitchell still was clearly the back. He had like 17, 16 or 17 touches, and – Trey Sermon only saw one. So in redraft, I, th- I think it's um, I think it's time to drop him. I really do, especially – I mean, it depends on how deep your waiver wire is. But I, if Kadarius Tony is my option to grab and then I'm dropping Trey Sermon, I'm doing that without a doubt, right? Um, I don't really like Elijah Mitchell either. I've been – I mean, I watched a lot of San Fran because of this situation. And I've not mm-hmm. been – he did look uh, pretty decent. I will say that. Like, he looked decent, but – I'm not impressed with either. 
And um, I, yeah, I just if I own Elijah Mitchell and I do have him in one league, I'm definitely going to try and trade him. Um, Trace Ehrman, I'm holding in Dynasty for the hopes that something happens and pans out because I'm not going to get what he's what I'd like anyways. So he's a hold for me. Um, sell if somebody's dumb enough to pay a second for him. And yeah, so um, our comments popping off. We got to get to these comments. Okay. Okay. So way, too early. way too early to sell those RBs. You got to wait till Trey Lance gets more games in his belt. And he goes on for more stuff here. He says, why would you sell a starting running back for a second? It's way too early on these guys. It's not like their value get will get worse. I am selling them because I don't think they start the rest of the year. That's why I'm selling them. I don't I don't believe in them long term. And so I don't want to get caught holding a bag. So I, I like there's their stopgap quarterbacks, their stopgap running backs. And, and that's to me what Elijah Mitchell is. This system is a committee. If someone wants to sell you like a, a, an early second for these guys, I'm taking it. A mid second, probably. Maybe that's up to you. A late second, no, I'm not. So but these running backs, I don't think they're going to stick around long. I'm trading. I'm selling them. And like you said, you got to wait till Trey Lance. I don't want to wait till Trey Lance. Trey Lance has rushing upside. Quarterbacks that run don't necessarily like those running backs. Don't get as many rushing attempts as those quarterbacks. So yeah, I mean. Like, I, I, Trey Lance yeah, is definitely like, still in goal line work, hundred percent. Trey Lance yeah. is a big boy. Um, yeah, and he's already he already got goal line runs earlier this year. I wouldn't feel good owning a San Francisco running back right now. I'd be looking to cash in when I can, and I will definitely be doing that when I, my Jeff Wilson comes back in. But if yeah. their name is if their name is Trey and they play for the 49ers, I don't want them. So here's the thing, man. Like I'm, I think there's probably not more. I don't think there's any more Trey Herman truthers on Twitter than myself like there's only a few and i was definitely one of the biggest advocates right i liked his draft profile it wasn't just like specifically um yeah no kidding dude i've got freaking terrible allergies <laughs> sorry <laughs> um i'm on allergy medication i got immunotherapy going on we're struggling over here guys Just leave me alone all right so um yeah but that's the thing like trey sermon is he's not what was advertised like and i don't know if that's kyle shanahan or what it doesn't matter though because kyle shanahan's making the decision he tells us who's playing and who's not and trey land or uh, trey sermon's not playing you can do whatever you want like i said i'm holding in dynasty and redraft why why are you holding because unless elijah mitchell gets hurt he's not playing we've seen two samples of that now and two's not a great but that's better than zero so yeah, and let me go right into Michael Carter then talking about running back in this class. And he's sure. he's heating up a bit. He's a fourth round running back. What is stopping the Jets from drafting an actual real running back with draft capital next year? So they clearly don't have a running game, and a running game would probably help that offense out a lot because that offense looks horrible. Looks horrible. And I don't think any of the running backs know how to block too. I can go on and on. If if you have Michael Carter and someone's offering you the same value you probably spent for him, you should probably take it. He yeah, wasn't worth to trade him for Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I get excited. Uh, he's he wasn't worth the second to begin with. It, it's just scarcely the position, so people pay up to get it, which you know makes sense. But now that we're into the season and whatever your roster's played out, like you suck or whatever, you probably have, there's probably better waiver wire options out there than Michael Carter. You get him off your roster. Yeah, you could grab Damian Williams or. Um... Daryl Williams, Cole Herbert. There's there's a few guys that have injuries, running back injuries, Devontae Booker. I think all those guys are better starters at the moment than Michael Carter. Right. So um yeah, let's 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 uh let's hurry up with these other running back or wide receivers. I just want to talk about um a few more. Amari Rogers of Green Bay probably was a back end second round pick in single quarterback leagues. I'll talk first. Amari Rodgers, like I, I like I watched a lot of film on him uh, preseason. A lot of people were praising him for a yak monster at Clemson. This man was a yak monster because he lacked separation. And Trevor Lawrence just threw in the right spot. He would catch it. He had a bigger body, and he would drag some defenders a little bit. Besides that, he he had no no separation at Clemson. So he's not getting separation at the NFL. I think he had like one catch for 19 yards, and that's about it. I'm not really sure, but I, I, I think I drop. I would drop him. I wouldn't even. Well, first I never would have dropped him, but yep. I, I drop will at this point. I'll keep it quick. I am talent over situation all day. Didn't care for his talent, so didn't care how good a situation is. Zero shares of Amari Rogers. Yeah. Um, 
Josh Palmer. Never Same got a request for Tennessee. Yeah, I, I hear some people still advocating for Josh Palmer, but I'm not really seeing it on the field. Um, I don't know what to say. I, I think Mike. I think Mike Williams might get re-signed now. Like that was kind of the big thing. Uh, Keenan's getting old. Mike Williams is a free agent. Like that. That wide receiver core is a little bit open. Um, but I think. I think now Mike Williams has to get re-signed, and I think Mike Williams. Mike Williams is gonna want to play with Herbert. Like he is having the best career, and they're gonna pay him. He might take a pay cut. I think he's staying there. I really do because. Justin Herbert is feeding him. Like he's never, he's not played like this in the NFL. This is his fifth year. That is right. me for me. That's a great reason to stay and see success. Right. Um, all right. Let's roll to the next one. Dwayne Eskridge. Uh, I was high on him. Uh, only spent the early third on him. I mean, it's kind of was a weak class. I think I've been debating dropping him every week, Jake, for like last three weeks. Hasn't hey, touched that, that's what I'm saying. I think I tweeted that out too. Freddie Swain is having the year I thought Dwayne Eskridge was going to have. Yeah. Um, and if he's just going to be injury prone this whole time, I think I'm good to let him go. I don't think I can flip him for any value. I mean, I dropped him in the early third, so clearly nobody else in the league <laughs> really believed in his talent. You know? so, um, I don't know how many more we have, but uh, there's one more player that I think might be worth touching on. Yeah, go ahead. So with, um, with Juju down, I think we're going to see more Pat Fryermuth. What are your thoughts there? Oh, yeah, I like that. Um, yeah, it, I'm, I like that. I like that uh, because Juju's going to be gone next year. Deontay will be there. Chase will be there. Assuming that oh, – I actually don't know, man. I don't like these tight ends that aren't going to be, like, top options in their offense, you know? And I don't – there's Claypool's going to be the two. I'm never going to say anything else otherwise. You know, Claypool's yeah. going to be the one or two. Um, and so Pat Frankers is just always going to be the third option. So I don't think he's well, going to be relevant. Najee, too. Najee, too, yeah. So he won't be relevant unless they're, like, a high-octane offense, like the Bills or the um, the Cardinals, whatever. These, these offenses that put up, like, 40 points a game. Yep. Yeah, I wouldn't so, disagree there, but I think he's going to see more involvement for sure. I'm just probably not ready to start him. I uh, probably don't want him in redraft dynasty. Definitely worth grabbing, in my opinion. I uh, I love the talent though, and I love the um, the film. I, I like the player a lot. Sure. I I say I'm good. So on that note, though, I'm good on rookie report. We're not talking about quarterbacks much because we talk about quarterbacks almost every week. I feel like these rookies. Um, are you good on rookies, Jake? Yeah, man, I, I thought we touched on all the uh, major players, so I'm good there as well. Did you want to give any week four reactions, or you just want to cut it off and wait till next week? Uh, week five reactions. Week five, thank you. Yeah, Kadarius Tony's better than advertised. Um, Elijah Mitchell owns the backfield. That's not Trey Sermons. Uh, what else I got? Quick reactions. Rondell Moore's good. Um, yeah. BJT, please BJT. Yeah, yeah, dude, I'm, I'm right there with you. Marlon Mack looked good, though, uh, but, yeah, JT's got to get involved. I was actually talking about that. He's seeing 55% of snaps. Your star running back, who is elite, no doubt about it, is only seeing 55% of touches. Now, I know that's like us being stubborn as fantasy players because Marlon Mack looked good, too, and so did Naeem Hines, but I just don't see why you're not getting the ball to your 4-3-5 200 what is he 30 pounds 230 pounds running back two, two, they said 230 on tv but he's 220 from college and I think you heard that year, too. I thought, went and looked it up I yeah he's he, 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 like 225 yeah no nah, he's 220 going to the draft i remember that um what was i gonna say oh no uh he's up 10 percent from last year though he's only 40 percent last year 55 percent this year um, I, I have a question for you. If you had to guess right now, half PPR, what his running back rank is, like just for the year, what do you think it is? Say fifth or sixth. 29. Is he really? Yeah, I don't know if my phone's bugging out, but he's averaging 15.5 points now. And I'm like, I'm like quarterback 20, uh, running back 29. I'm like, that's wild. I, I don't know if I'm. That's not accurate. There's no way. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to double check that right now. Yeah. Um, the Patriots almost got my reactions, though. I want to talk about Davis Mills for a second. I know he's a court, he's a rookie quarterback, but we don't really talk about him at all. 
first off, they just look disgusting. I, I've gotten two Sundays off of work, and it's been against the worst two like Patriot matchups so far. But um, Davis Mills, like I, this is a. I'll be talking about this Friday. Actually, I might just roll in my Friday preview right now. I'm going to talk about the 2022 quarterbacks uh, come Friday, and Davis Mills has flashed enough that maybe maybe the Texans stick with Davis Mills. I, I think they'll trade for one. They'll try to sign one. But I, I don't think they're drafting a quarterback. This class is kind of weak. So if they don't get, like, a top end, yeah, dude, I, that's just where I'm at. Davis Mills looks good. I think he could be a legit, like, actual asset. Sure. And, and what's interesting about that is Belichick has a way of destroying rookie quarterbacks. And I don't know how the Texans quarterback, Davis Mills, got away with Looking that good, I was really thoroughly surprised and impressed. So I'm right there with you on that one. Yeah. Uh, he, Bill Belichick jogged off the field. He did not want to be there. When that game ended, he's like, I'm out. Fuck. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah. Uh, oh, my gosh. Let me get this Jonathan Taylor thing real quick. Jonathan Taylor. Right. Yeah, position rank 29. Is it hmm. 29? Okay, anyway. I'm all good. Jake, you good? I am good as well. Make sure you guys tune in on Friday. Catch Mike with his quarterback review for 2022. Yeah, uh, that's correct. And our friend here in the chat is correcting me. It's 11th on the year and a half PPR. I was about so to say, that is, there's no way that was right. That sounds better. Who's that, Tarek? Yeah. Nice. Nice, Tarek. Appreciate you, bud. All right. Thanks, you guys. Till next time.